Anyone that has listened to this show for any period of time has heard me talk about the show's slogan, God, Freedom, and the Great Outdoors. This slogan was chosen and created intentionally because all three of these things, God, Freedom, and the Great Outdoors, are things that have a high priority in my personal life. And I know these things are priorities for you as well. Over the next few weeks, I will be dissecting these three elements that make up the Rise Kill Eat podcast. This is the first part of the series where I will break down the dynamics of these priorities. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you guys for listening to the Rise Kelly Podcast, regardless of how long you've been listening. If you are a returning listener to the show, then thank you for returning, and I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. But if this is your first time listening, then thank you for choosing to listen to the Rise Kelly Podcast in the first place. The whole goal of the Rise Kelly Podcast is to share the conversations, ideas, and stories on how we can pursue the things that matter most for us in our lives. And of course, for us, as you heard me say a minute ago, those things are God, freedom, and the great outdoors. We, as in myself and, you know, the listeners, we want to strive to pursue these very things in our lives. It is my hope and my goal that this show will challenge you to pursue these three elements in your life. So if you haven't already done so, be sure to connect with me on our social media outlets. I'm most active on Instagram under the handle Rascalite. So it's at Rascalite. But I'm also very active on Facebook. It's um, facebook.com slash RKE Afield. So that's RKE as in Rascalite. And that's Afield. Page name is actually Rascalite. And then, but you can find us at that URL address. Then on Twitter, I'm also at. RKE a field as well. So rise, kill, eat a field, RKE a field. So be sure to check out the rise, kill, eat podcast, rise, kill, eat on those social media outlets. So anyway, today's episode is the first part in a three part, three week series where I will break down the slogan of the show and will provide some insight into why I chose the slogan of the show, which is of course, God, freedom, and the great outdoors. So during the process of thinking of a slogan for the Rise Kill Eat podcast, I had many options that I kind of threw around in my mind. Some were pretty good and others, well, they weren't very good. Just, just being honest with you. But none of them really spoke to me. So none of them really gave me that spark of excitement that I was looking for. None of them really gave me the the spark of excitement for the, the slogan that I wanted to to portray this this show. So in order to come up with the slogan, I simply just sat down one day and I thought of what are some things that I want this show to be about? What do I want this brand to be about? I guess, if you will. And so what I came up with was, of course, God Freedom in the, in the Great Outdoors. I wanted some a show where we could mix our faith as well as our pursuit for being hunters, as well as our appreciation for living in a country where we can exercise our freedoms. So I wanted a show that kind of meshed all three of those things together. And lo and behold, God, Freedom, and the Great Outdoors was born from that for the Rise podcast. So whenever companies, brands, podcasts, whatever it is, whenever they're choosing a slogan, I mean, they will invest, I mean, lots of time. They'll invest a lot of money into their slogan in order to come up with one that will represent their mission. 
again, that's what I was kind of going for with this. So a lot of well-known businesses are, are known simply by their slogans. And when people hear these slogans, they immediately associate the phrase with the brand company, et cetera, whatever it may be. So for example, McDonald's, I mean, everybody knows McDonald's. I'm loving it. Whenever you hear that, you think McDonald's. Um, another one that really, really speaks to me is Lowe's, like the home improvement company. Never stop improving. Whenever I hear never stop improving, it automatically makes me think of Lowe's. So those companies that have effective slogans for their brand, for what they're selling. So for whatever it is they, they are trying to portray. So in terms of this show, I basically needed to ask myself a question. What is it that I want the show to be centered around? And again, once I asked myself this question, it became very apparent what it should be. And of course, from there, God Freeman, the great outdoors very easily became that slogan. So let me go ahead and first start talking about, start discussing this part of God in the slogan of the show. All right. So for me personally, uh, I did not grow up in a, I guess, technically a, a Christian home. You know, it, we weren't, of course, anti-Christian or anything like that. Don't get me wrong there. But there was, uh, I mean, my parents, they were, they weren't necessarily Christians. And they will tell you this as well until I, it was much later in my childhood. So growing up, we did not, uh, I did not necessarily live in a Christian home. All right, but thank God, you know, fortunately, one day there was um, an older couple from a church. Their son and his wife, they were actually neighbors close to where we were living. And they came and knocked on the door, uh, brought us a basket of food. It was right around the holidays, I believe, you know, thinking back on it. Right around the holidays, brought us some food and invited us to church. So, of course, next thing I know, we're starting to go to church. And, um, you know, being a... I was a middle school student at the time, being a middle school student who never really went to church and never really, uh, you know, prioritized wanting to go to church. I did not like it. It was not very fun for me. Um, but you know, of course my parents kept, we, we kept going and thank God they did. And it was right around is right before I was going into eighth grade. I call it kind of my second birthday. So that was the day that I kind of, uh, I guess we all, us as Christians, we all have that moment where we, we call it our salvation moment. So it's kind of like the second birthday. So for me, that happened on August 1st, 2005, going into my eighth grade year. So of course, middle school age is a very difficult time for anybody. I'm a middle school teacher now, so I see it all the time. And it's always, and it's actually kind of funny. It kind of reminds me of that time, but being a middle school teacher now, I see the reality of that every day. So, um, being a middle school student and, you know, making the public announcement that I was now a Christian, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do something like that. It's hard to, uh, try to live a life where, you know, of course in middle school and really in high school and really all throughout life where you are influenced by other people so easily. So anyway, progressing through high school, progressing through college, those of course are some difficult times as well. Difficult times to be Christians and difficult because, I mean, like I said, there's all kinds of worldviews. There's all kinds of uh, opinions that you have to deal with. I did not go to like a, a Christian college, so to speak. It was a, a public college and, you know, it was college. So so we are we are easily influenced by things around us at that age. And I wish that I could say that I was a great Christian through that time. But re the reality is I wasn't necessarily a textbook follower of Christ through those times in my life. But fortunately I was surrounded by some good friends. And, and of course my parents who much later became Christians themselves, 
I was surrounded by these people that kind of helped mold me and kind of helped, kind of helped keep me on the path. So one of these friends, of course, was my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And uh, we met in high school and have been together ever since. And she has played a huge part, probably the largest part, and still does to this day, in making sure that I stay on the right track in my life and for my faith. And she is truly awesome. I mean, she really is. In fact, we ended up getting married right before my junior year and my undergrad. So I was in college. We ended up getting married, got our own apartment and that kind of thing. And uh, we were both young decided that we were going to try to figure out life together. I was 20 years old whenever we got married. Uh, she was 21. And then fast forward a little bit, we had our first baby, uh, my little boy. He was born in the fall of my senior season. So I'm trying to, I'm preparing to graduate, you know, looking for jobs. And October comes around my senior season and we're going to have us a baby. All right. So it's, it's pretty crazy looking back on everything. And of course, being a 21-year-old, married, finishing up undergrad, working part-time, uh, I was borderline full-time hours at this time because got a baby on the way, got to pay rent, <laughs> that kind of thing. And now having a baby to take care of at this time, you know, I was, I was forced to grow up pretty quickly. And honestly, I wouldn't have changed any part of it. I mean, looking back on it, it was all pretty hard. I mean, I took a, it took, definitely took a toll on me physically. Uh, I was actually sick a lot is just because of, you know, stress and that kind of thing and adjusting to, to this crazy life that I was living at the time. But honestly, I wouldn't have changed any part of it. I really wouldn't. Those were some very tricky and challenging times, but I truly feel that it, it's events like this that challenge us the most that produce the best outcomes. And looking at it now, you know, I'm, I'm 28 now. And I, I love my life. I mean, I love being able to have now two kids, being able to have a, a family to take care of. And, you know, this is this is really what it's all about. So it's those challenges that that produce the best outcomes and especially whenever we follow through with those. So anyway, looking back at my life and seeing how everything has come together in a way that has brought me so much satisfaction, I can't help but see God in every step of the way. So many people would think and Heck, even some, some would say this to me sometimes that it's strange or odd that my wife and I, we got married at such young ages. Like I said, I was 20, she was 21, but in all reality, it's, it was the best thing for me. And, you know, having our first child when I was 21 and she was 22, whenever we had our, our little boy has been one of the greatest blessings that we've been able to experience. And don't get me wrong. There've been some challenges, but starting life at a, such a young age, it allowed us to really uh, appreciate what was going on it allowed us to it allowed us to appreciate each other which is really cool and um you know living a life in pursuit of comfort alone does not produce much of anything except for staleness and desire for something more and that's definitely not something we had we uh we weren't necessarily comfortable you know growing up and may not even be now and that's a lot of that's intentional because you know, like I said, comfort is only going to produce staleness and it's only going to produce a desire for more. So I feel more satisfied in my life right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not rich. And that's, those are the things that don't, if you're pursuing that in order to find you for fulfillment in your life, then you're just going to keep searching. Okay. So kind of went off on tangent there, but anyway, this, uh, this sensing of God throughout my life and really permeates in other aspects as well, including my career, undergoing 
a career change for the purpose of my my family, my health, my desires for my life, and so on. I could spend hours going over just how much God has impacted my life, but the point is, my faith is something that since that experience in my preteen years, whenever I was, I guess, teenager, young teenager at the time, and adolescent years, and then that faith continuing on to this day, and even being a hundred times stronger today than what it was then, that's a reminder of the impact that God has on us, an impact that that I hope will continue to grow, and I know will continue to grow for the remainder of my time here on this earth. So the only thing that has made life possible for me is my pursuit of God and seeking him throughout my life. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. And hopefully it's not coming off like this, but by no means am I a perfect example of what it means to to pursue God. I'm not a perfect example of what it means to be somebody that constantly pursues God. All I'm saying is that God is powerful enough that if we offer him just a little bit, he can multiply it greatly. So one of the coolest stories in the Bible is whenever Jesus takes the the bread and the fish and he feeds the 5,000. He gets two loaves of bread and five fish and he feeds, feeds 5,000 people. All right, so Jesus took just a little bit, a little bit that was offered to him, and then he multiplied it greatly. And that's basically what I'm trying to get at here is that I can't offer much to God, but the little bit that I can offer, he can turn it into a miracle. So whenever he did that, you know, he multiplied it greatly and has done something very similar in my life. So of course, for me, faith is a huge part of my life and my faith in God is something that should cover all other aspects of my life and my mission for this show. So this is why one of the reasons that God is first mentioned in the slogan of God, freedom in the great outdoors. So another reason, so I I went through and actually wrote down a few reasons here. Another reason that our slogan starts out with God, freedom in the great outdoors, or starts out with God, is I want it to be a priority for listeners of the show to, and I really want to challenge you guys, and frankly myself too, to, to view God and discover God as their creator. So the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, is very clear that God created the heavens and the earth. This is in area that that receives a lot of criticism due to varying different beliefs you know scientific studies research all that kind of stuff which i'm hoping i'm i think i'm going to put a put an episode together of that kind of stuff but this it's one that gets a lot of criticism due to all kinds of different belief systems but i think it's essential for those that that want to pursue god to want to know who god is in their lives to understand him as their creator so this is first, like I said, this is first mentioned in the book of Genesis and then is restated and discussed all throughout the Bible in both the Old Testament, of course, and in the New Testament. So Genesis 1, verse 1, the, the very first verse, and it opens up just like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So this whole story that is written out in the Bible, it starts out with that very first sentence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There are countless other verses throughout the Bible that points to God as the creator. So, for example, in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So God is literally has the ability to, to take things that we can't see and turn them into things that we can see. All right, and then again, in, back in the Old Testament here, in Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 through 9, so Psalm, many of the Psalms, of course, were written by David. So David writes, 
When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So this verse right here is really cool because, you know, being hunters and being outdoorsmen, these are all things that we, that we, you know, pursue as hunters. I mean, animals in the wild, birds in the sky, fish in the sea. I mean, all these things are in this passage right here. All these things are listed as other created beings just like us, which is really cool. So this passage right here basically just summarizes the goal of the show is to recognize God's works, not only on this earth, but in the cosmos, of course, and how he has placed us in a position of superiority over these incredible, beautiful things. So again, going back to dominion, speaking of, we had a, a great conversation with Jarrett Samuels back in October about the pursuit of dominion. So go back and check and check out that episode. But, uh, so thinking of dominion, you know, God has put us in a, in a position to rule over, to have dominion over these created things. So he's taken something that he has created with a divine purpose, us humans, and placed us above these created things so that we may recognize him in seeing these things. Okay. So reason number two for why God is mentioned first in our slogan of God, freedom in the great outdoors. So my third reason, third and final reason but I also wanted to challenge you guys, again, and myself included, to view God as the provider. Okay, not just of the provider of material things and things that, you know, we would put in our bodies, you know, um, food, that kind of stuff. But probably more importantly, as the provider of our spiritual needs. So we just finished up Easter here. Jesus, I mean, he gave us the the best. He provided us with the best spiritual meal, I guess, in a way, <laughs> quote unquote meal, I guess you could, you could say by, uh, by dying on the cross, by taking our sins, you know, of course, and, and dying on the cross for, for our sins. So, however, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Jesus does pay attention to our physical needs. Okay. So of course, you know, he addressed these things countless times throughout his time here on earth and he performed miracles all the time where he addressed the physical and the emotional needs of those around him. Okay, so those things are still important. I mean, Jesus prioritized those. I mean, he healed the injured. He healed the sick. He fed literally thousands of people with just a little bit of food. Um, he taught us to avoid anxiety by seeking the kingdom of God first. And then all things, of course, will be provided for us. But he's also provided us a way to have our spiritual needs met and fulfilled. All right, so in Jesus' one of Jesus' most famous teachings ever, the Sermon on the Mount. It's the, this is found in Matthew chapter 6, and this specific section is in verses 30 through 34. So it says, If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and thrown into the, into the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, of course, God is providing us with our 
our physical needs. Okay. These things are of course priorities in order for us to keep going, but God is also going to provide us a way to meet our spiritual needs as well through his son, Jesus. Jesus came for us to live a more fulfilling life and for us to have life eternally. Our spiritual fulfillment is found in our relationship with Jesus, the provider, the provider of our salvation and the provider of our eternal life. Jesus provides us with a way out of the sins that hold us back spiritually through his sacrifice on the cross. He came to earth to die on the cross so that we may live. He defeated death three days later. Of course, we just finished up celebrating Easter and everybody's heard this story. Hopefully we respond to it, but he defeated death. Okay. I can't defeat death. You can't defeat death. There's only one who has He defeated death three days later. And he demonstrated his power over sin and death and proved that we have eternal life in him and provided us with eternal life in him for those that believe in him. In another one of my favorite verses, this is when Jesus, he provides us a roadmap and description for his purpose. And this is found in the book of John chapter 10, verse 10. So it's John 10, 10. It says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. All right. So this is the uh, NIV translation, but others may say a better life or, or a more abundant life. But the point is, Jesus is providing us an opportunity to live better in a more fulfilled life through him. So God promises to provide us, provide for us in many ways, more than one. Okay, And this is one of the, the reasons, and really the final reason why I wanted to have God as one of the highest priorities. That's why he's first. Whenever we say God free him in the great outdoors, have God as the highest priority for the Rise Gilly podcast. So this basically summarizes why God is placed first in our slogan, God, freedom, in the great outdoors. For me, as the host and the founder of this show, it is my hope that through the show, I can share ideas about the pursuit of these things in our lives in order to further our relationship with God, with our country, and can pursue freedom as Americans, freedom from sin, freedom in knowing where our meat comes from as hunters. I'm getting ahead of myself here for next week. So Make sure you guys check that out. And of course, the pursuit of the outdoors and God's creation. So looking ahead to next week, I will continue to break down and dissect what freedom means to me. Give you a little bit of a teaser there on my on my rant, but <laughs> I'll, I'll break down what freedom means to me. Okay. And of course, as you guys probably have already recognized that or have, have already realized that week three and part three is when I will talk about the outdoors. So this week, Broke down what, what God means in God, freedom, and the great outdoors. Next week, we'll get into freedom. Th- week three, we'll get into the outdoors. So be sure to tune in next time and catch that episode. In fact, go ahead and click subscribe if you haven't already. That way you don't miss out on any of the future episodes of the Rise Kill Eat podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rise Kill Eat podcast. If you did enjoy this episode, I just ask that... You take the opportunity to leave the show a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. This is a great way to show some support for the show and it helps the show gain some traction in the podcast world because they'll use all kinds of algorithms in order to, you know, bump up the ones that a lot of people are listening to or getting good reviews and that kind of thing. So the more positive reviews and ratings, and that kind of thing that we get, the more views we get, then the better off this, this show will be. So I appreciate the support from you guys so far, and it's been really incredible being able to experience this with you guys. So also be sure to connect with me on social media. Again, on Instagram, you can find me at Rise Kill Eat. 
on Facebook, facebook.com slash RKE afield. And then finally on Twitter at, at RKE afield. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this show today and be sure to check out the next episode of the rice kill eat podcast for part two of God freedom in the great outdoor series. See you guys next week. Oh, <laughs>